There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff. 45 miles an hour. How fast was I going, officer? I'd say around 90. But what about us? Memories. You're talking about memories. Good, now have a drink. I don't want anything of his or any part of it. Except his life. I wonder if I know what you mean. I wonder if you want it. Play it for her, play it for me. I lived a few weeks while she loved me. Waiting for a lady. Someday you'll understand that. Got some news that's gonna take a lot of attention off you and Laura. Stop it, yes, I can't take any more of it! I should be in uniform. You know the story? What story? Maybe because he was drunk. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. Well, I'll give her the message. But there is sleep all over America. Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo-noirs of today. Each week, we will deliver a discussion and analysis of classic and neo-noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. So, hey, Carly, how you doing? I'm okay. Guess what I just said? What, what, guess, guess what? Yeah, guess what I just ate? What you just what? Ate. Like, oh, ate. Ate. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how else to explain that. I was, no. <laughs> I was going to say put in my mouth and thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was genuine. I couldn't understand what the hell you said. <laughs> I just bought a packet of crisps that is pigs Chris, in that's, blankets. That's french fries, right? No, oh my god! Not. No, um, uh, potato chips. Potato chips. Okay. Yeah, so okay. Right. I just got a bag of them that tastes like pigs in blankets. You have them, right? No, I mean, yeah, we have pigs in. I mean, we don't actually put our pigs in blankets, but we have hot dogs that you wrap in bacon. Yes. Or you put in, or or in like a, a croissant or dough or something. I mean, weird. Um, weird. Yeah. Yeah. So probably, the, the sausage in the bacon. British thing. The sausage in the bacon. You know, it'd be weird if you wrapped, you know, a sausage with bacon and then fed it to a pig. That would be weird. That would That's be sadistic. cannibalism. Yeah. That's piggleism. Piggleism. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's weird. But <laughs> I don't know. It tastes amazing if you're going to eat it yourself. But as long yeah. as you're not, you know, committing a, a crime among piglets, you know. <laughs> That's not piggalicious. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, um, is, is Omicron around out there? I think, I yeah. think it's everywhere. It, it's everywhere. Yeah. I think it's, um, interesting how everybody that's getting sick are the ones that are unvaccinated and they're steadfast and continuing to not be vaccinated. Or wear masks. Um, Cause we have masks back yeah. now in shops. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It never went away here. Like it's, it's been a thing. Um, I noticed that like, um, the lines to get into places there was a time period during like a lockdown and and for a good like i don't know six to eight months where they would only let a certain number of people inside the establishment and then you had to line up outside like six feet apart kind of thing Um, which i'm honestly i'm like i don't think that they're actually spacing those six feet apart i feel like if i if i laid down on the ground I, you know, it's, it's a little closer than six feet, the way these people are measuring. It's more like <laughs> five, maybe four and a half. I don't know. I think they need to get a new tape measure or something. Yes. Because none of them seem to be like really spaced properly. 
No. But anyway, like they're they're making people line up outside again. And we're just waiting for the great, you know, toilet paper shortage part two. Um, and see where this all kind of leads. But well, I've got yeah. Boris toilet paper. I don't know what that is. It's Boris Johnson's face on toilet paper. Oh, you're shitting me. Okay, cool. No, it's they, like, they have I, it's called too. like Boris butt wipes or something like that. We <laughs> took it into work as a secret Santa and somebody got really, really offended. Like it oh, was no. as if we'd like slapped the queen in the face. A <laughs> little bit different. Well, you know, I guess like you British people do um, have, I don't know what you call that, like a, a very- a sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> No, you're not known for your sense of humor. <laughs> not that I know of. And I've been watching a lot of Downton Abbey, so I'm going to say that is the, uh, the you least zero funny. sense of humor. That is the least funny thing that's ever been It's the most horrible thing that's ever been made because it makes people go, oh my God, you're from England. Do you know the queen? I know of her. She's on the money. I don't, I don't, I couldn't phone her. <laughs> you're like, you know, the servants in Downton Abbey. I'm like, I'm below the servants in Downton Abbey. <laughs> Not even, I'm not even allowed a penny like them. So, <laughs> no, it's a great show. I think it's, I think it's, I don't know. I don't usually, I'm not up for like uh, soap operas, and that's essentially like a soap opera because like it, it's all like contained in their own little lives, you know. And uh, but I don't know. Shawnee and I are, are burning through it. We're like on season four, and I, I'm noticing there's only like two seasons left. And but the, you know, then there's the movie, and I think there's a new movie coming out too. I think so. you need to calm down. I am. Yeah, whatever. I think you should watch The Crown. The Crown. Ah, it's so dry to me. Like, I don't. It's too serious. So Downton Abbey, he's obviously laugh a minute. It's funny because they're, it's like I said, it's like really self-contained to their own lives. And you get to see like the servants, like basically creating drama because there's nothing else to do. It's not like there's TVs and cell phones and stuff. So it's like everybody just being mean to each other and <laughs> backstabby and doing all this crazy stuff that's just like, why would you do that? <laughs> you Welcome know, to England. You sit there and you, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you sit there and you think about it. It's like, oh, because they're they're freaking bored. There's, what else are they going to do? Nothing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just funny. It's it's hilarious. But I don't know. I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Um, but you know, again, I don't. I'm not up for like the soap opera thing, and that's a total soap opera. But it's one of the few that I would ever. No, it's it's probably the only one I would ever watch. <laughs> so, uh, what are you watching on the TV right now? Anything? I watched that Squid Games. Oh, yeah, we started that, man. That's so violent. I like have a hard time trying See, to get through an episode because it's like this, senseless violence, you know? Okay, so this was my issue. Everybody was warning me how violent it was, and I watched it and looked at it and went, eh, I thought there's going to be more maiming. So I kind of just half watched the rest of it. Yeah, I think it has to do with like the mass murder aspect for me. It's like I don't – and, and like, you're so – I would say detached from most of the people that are getting murdered. Like you don't know who they are, what their story is. It's just like, let's throw a bunch of people in a fishbowl and like shoot them. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't find that entertaining. Um, but I guess apparently a lot of people Did. like to watch yeah. a lot of people get murdered. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I look at it like a sort of like a, a, a violent uh, uh, Nickelodeon show. I don't know if you get Nickelodeon over there, but. Oh my God. What if I Carly went on the rampage or something like. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not that kind of a show. Like they're, they're game shows. Like, 
uh, I can't even think of the names of it, but you know, like they would have like obstacle courses and like the family would come on and like run the obstacle course and they'd get like slimed and like, you know, knocked off platforms and crap like that. And, you know, but this is like that, but you know, you get shot in the head. <laughs> this is like that, but with gunfire <laughs> instead of slime. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit much for me. And I just, and you know, I'm, I, I like horror films and I was talking to Shiny about this the other day. She loves, she loves the show, um, uh, Grey's Anatomy, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't really watch it, but I'll watch it with her if it's on, right? <clears throat> but I squirm every time that they do like a, a surgery or something in the show, um, because it looks so realistic, right? But, and she's just like, why, well, how do you watch this other crap that you watch? Like, I don't know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever it might be. And I'm like, but it's not real. Like it's, it's obviously over the top and fake and that I can deal with. But when it looks like real, like that looks like somebody's like arm and they're like cutting it, that kind of thing. It's like, it's too much for me. Like, I just don't, I have no desire of seeing reality that way you know what i mean it's is like, it because it's, if you watch that and you went in hospital you knew what would have happened because you've seen it on Grey's anatomy no not really that it's just i i just i feel like there's a there's an a certain level of empathy that i know that like somebody's being cut into or like like a, a relationship to pain i guess in a way or i'm not really 100 sure what it is but it just makes me just like oh i don't why would i want to watch that why do I want to see somebody actually having their body cut open and like their guts played with? Like, I don't want to see that. I mean, wrong turn. You know? They they do that kind of stuff quite a lot. Well, yeah, but, but but it's so over the top and ridiculous, right? So it's like, it's not, it's easy for me to watch when it's like obviously fake, you know, like wrong turn series is a great example because it's so freaking over the top. It's like, it's not even gross to me. It's just like, I know that special effects, maybe it's just from working in the movies or whatever it is. It like, it doesn't bother me at all, you know? And, and I think that, I think that sort of mentality, like when my kids were young and, you know, started like seeing more of the world kind of thing, I would always tell them, ah, oh, it's just, you know, it's the movies, it's fake. It's, you know, it's just ketchup or whatever, you know? <laughs> Cause you know, it's hard. I don't want to explain them like with fake blood. It's just, you know, whatever. And as they got older, it's like they they can very easily watch that kind of stuff like Squid Games and things like that because I taught them and they've been on sets with me and they've seen the fake blood and they've seen how it works. And that sort of behind the scene aspect, it's like whenever they see it in a movie, they they're, you know, it doesn't bother them like at all. And I was like, and I tried to like talk to my daughter about it. She's all about Squid Game. And I'm like, so, yeah, I mean, like that doesn't bother you to watch all these people die. She's like, no, I mean, you know, it's fake. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah, you, you told me like about fake blood and all kinds of like, yeah, okay, well, cool. I guess I can't watch it, but. So you've made them emotionally <laughs> cold basically. Yeah. I guess towards, <laughs> towards that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with eyeballs. I can watch anything, but I cannot, if any, even if somebody's going to poke somebody in the eye, I can't deal with it. Yeah, that doesn't really bother me. I think I no. think the worst for me is teeth. I, maybe we talked about this before, but I think teeth is probably the. the oh, don't one. because I've got toothache at the minute, and I really need to go and have a tooth out, and I've been really putting it off for ages. Mm, yeah, teeth, you gotta, no. yeah, I just had one. Yeah, I had one pulled. Um, what was it in beginning of November? Actually, right before we shot the first episode of Haunted Objects. Oh God! I bet you were a blast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was like okay, so so 
years ago when I had my wisdom teeth come in, one of them came in and cracked another tooth in the back. Well, don't, because that's and, what's happening to me. Oh yeah, have it have it taken care of. Oh. You got to have it taken care of because when it cracked through, that was the most pain I ever had in my life. Like it was, it was terrible. And it just, it happened. Like I knew it was happening. Like, like the tooth was coming in and it was eventually going to break this tooth. But when it actually broke the tooth, like it, I was driving to work and it was like this. I don't even, I can't even, it was like somebody electrocuted my brain. Oh God. <laughs> That's how bad it, like, it just like sent me into like this instant, like shock while I'm driving. I had to like pull over and it was crazy. So I would say get get it taken care of. At least that's that was my experience. Um, but anyways, I let that after it, it broke through. I had the um, the wisdom tooth pulled, but then I let the cracked tooth just sit because after that happened, I feel like it like killed the nerve or something um, mm. because I never had any problems with it. Um, but I would go into the dentist and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know you have a cavity in there. We're gonna have to take care of that eventually." I was like, "Well, it doesn't hurt." So, and he didn't want to just drill it out and fill the cavity or anything like that. He wanted to do like a root canal and put a cap on it. And uh. like, that's like, you know, that's like $1,200 or something. It doesn't bother me. I don't want to do it. I don't want to spend the money on whatever I should have. Um, Cause now the tooth's gone. <laughs> but, uh, but eventually it got, you know, where I started to feel it again. So I guess the nerve wasn't completely dead. So I eventually had to have it pulled because we got past that sort of point of no return. And uh, that was like right before, well, actually I had it scheduled before COVID hit. Um, it, I, I was supposed to go in the November before COVID it happened in March. And I think we were shooting Curious Case or something like that. Like we were doing another project and I had to cancel my appointment. And then I couldn't get one till uh, March. And that got canceled because COVID hit. So they shut everything down, right? And then, so it had to wait till just this last November and finally they pulled it and, um, yeah, now I'm toothless. <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm not far behind you. I'm not terrified. I have to have like, I had to go for an a sedation assessment and they mm. put this thing on my finger and because it's, we have, I, like, I have to pay private because otherwise it, I'll be dead before the tooth. They go, oh, do you want to take that tooth out now? It's like dead corpse. Sucking that ship sailed. Um, <laughs> so they put this like thing on my finger. And they basically started ex just talking about dentists and, and increasingly got like more into it. And this woman just looked at me and she went, never mind, that's fine, you've passed. And I thought, I've been here for about a minute. And she went, I can tell you're a little bit scared. And I went, oh, why? And she went, well, your heart rate's on the verge of a heart attack. I thought, oh, brill. <laughs> <laughs> so she took the thing off my finger and she went, we're not, we're not going to bother doing, you know, wrapping the pressure around your arm because we, we can quite clearly tick that box for you. Oh, nice. <laughs> so they're going to put put you completely under? Um. Okay. So I won't be, I won't be asleep, but apparently I, I will have absolutely no idea what's happened and no memory of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're going to, they're going to jack you up like those videos you see on YouTube. Oh yeah. People talking nonsense. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be oh. fun. We got to get in a call when this happens. Oh no, God, please sure don't because Street yeah, will do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk to Street in private secretly without your knowledge. I don't know why I'm telling you right now. I know. <laughs> it's going it's to happen and you're going to be on video and we're going to release that to the world and it's going to be hilarious. And we're going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, it won't be cool by the time I, fin I, you know, I finish my sentence. Well, it won't be for you, but it will be for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> we're 
we're going to make I'll you probably a, be declaring my love to a cat or something <laughs> on probably, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it's good to hear your voice, Carly. I'm glad uh, we're doing another episode here. Um, I think uh, we, we've got a surprise for everybody that's still tuning in. Um, we're going to release a series of episodes here for the end of the year. Um, give you guys something to uh, listen to as we go into Christmas and into the new year. Um, so stay on the lookout for three brand new episodes of the Speakeasy Noir cast. And then heading into next year, we're going to change the format a little bit. Um, and we're going to turn this into a weekly show uh, where we're going to have an episode every week. So there'll be plenty of content coming out in this next year, opposed to our spotty release schedule uh, that happened, you know, over over the 2021 season as we sort of got our bearings through the hopefully the last half of this COVID crap. Um, so hopefully there's going to be a lot more stuff coming your way um, of us talking nonsense of film noir. Uh, Lucky people. All of the film noir aficionados hate us. <laughs> we, will, we will continue to not disappoint them. <laughs> yes. We'll keep that dartboard in action. Right. <laughs> we should make dartboards with your face on it. We'll do that when I have my tooth out. It can be like my, my semi-coma face. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So <clears throat> let's get into tonight's drink, which is an interesting one. <clears throat> this, this drink is called Love and Murder. And I feel like this drink probably could go for any movie that we do because, you know, it's film noir. It's always revolved around love and murder, right? <laughs> um, what makes this one interesting, though, is that it has two main ingredients that normally don't show up together. Um, and the ingredients for this drink is one ounce of Campari, one ounce of green chartreuse. And I did look that up to figure out how to pronounce it, because when I look at that word, I just can't do it. It's chart reuse. <laughs> what even is it? It's, it's just a, it's like a... It's it's just an alcohol. Um, it's green. <laughs> um, they're both very strong, though. Uh, tasting, they have they they both have a very strong sort of taste to them. So they don't they if you put them in a drink together, they generally like compete, and it just doesn't work right. But this one is just those two. Um, so one ounce of Campari, one ounce of green um, Chartreuse, um, and one ounce of lime juice. Uh, three-quarter ounce of simple syrup um, and four drops of saline solution. Um, this is a, a little trick that I've just learned. Yeah, so just basically like saline is just salt and water, right? So you make your own saline, which is uh, five to one water to uh, salt. Um, and apparently this, well, we'll get to that. Anyway, steps to, to create the drink is just add all the ingredients into a shaker. Uh, you shake it with ice until it's, you know, the ice sounds different. And then you pour it into a strain. Uh, you, sorry, you, <laughs> you pour it into a strain. You strain it into a chilled uh, coupe glass, which I have no idea what a coupe glass is. Uh, so I looked it up and it's sort of like a, looks like a mini sort of champagne glass. 
like a, yeah, like a sherry so. glass or something like that. Yeah, but not like quite as small as a sherry glass, um, but similar. It's it's more of like a uh, it's rounded like a champagne glass, but like maybe more on the size of like a um, martini glass, a little oh. maybe a little smaller than that even. Um, but not as small as like a sherry glass, because those are like tiny. Those are like little baby glasses, right? Yeah. Okay. Which we see a lot of that on Downtown Abbey. <laughs> I was like, I know God. what they're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what your life's become after COVID? Guessing what they're drinking on Downtown Abbey. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, <clears throat> Red Campari. Maybe I'm not even pronouncing that one right. Campari. Campari. Somebody will tell us, don't worry. I'm sure they will. We're a street. <laughs> <laughs> Red Campari and green chartreuse uh, are often not found together in the same glass. Right? So especially not as, uh, you know, it's such a high volume. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't have um, a full ounce of either one of these in a glass. It's usually either just for color or for uh, an added, you know, taste to it. Um, but being as there is a shot of each of these in here, it makes it. Um, it, 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 the, the flavors work together differently than it would in any other drink that they might show up in. Um, so it's a very unusual blend that ends up working pretty well together. Um, and not something that's you generally would see in any drink. Um, and the drink itself comes from a play called The Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. And whoever invented this drink, I can't remember the person's name, um, but that's where they derived it from. But the reason why I picked this drink tonight um, is not only because the movie that we're going to look at deals with love and murder, surprise, surprise, uh, but it's also a Christmas movie, or at least has a Christmas theme to it. And because this drink is using... Um, red Campari, Campari. I'm gonna say it different every time I say the fucking word. Red Campari and green Campari. Right? <laughs> it's a red and green drink, um, which ends up being mostly red <laughs> when it's mixed. Um, uh, it plays into our Christmassy themey theme for tonight. Did I really just say themey theme? You did, yeah. yeah that's I'm, so I'm gonna make an advert out of that. Themey <laughs> theme. <laughs> Ah, all right. So must be all the compadre. <laughs> yeah. Must be. <laughs> all right, people at home listening to this nonsense, go shake your shakers till the ice sounds different, and pour them into your coupe de glace, <laughs> and uh, drink along, drink along with us as we uh, take a look at the trailer for tonight's movie. Mysteriously starring Robert Montgomery 
My name is Marlowe. Philip Marlowe. Occupation, private detective. You know, somebody says, follow that guy. So I follow him. Somebody says, find that female. So I find her. But some cases, like this one, kind of creep up on you on their hands and knees. And the first thing you know, you're in it up to your neck. Right now, you're reading in your newspapers and hearing over your radios about a murder. They call it the case of the lady in the lake. It's a good title. It fits. What you've read and what you've heard is one thing. The real thing is something else. There's only one guy who knows that. I know it. This lady in the lake business started just three days before Christmas. Who invited you? I did. Now, wait a minute, Mr. Marlowe. Just when I was beginning to like you. Well, you want the facts, don't you? When it concerns a woman, does anybody ever really want the facts? Vain female, aren't you? Please don't be so difficult to get along with. I need help. What's going on here? He got cute. Striking an officer, resisting arrest and murder, all on Christmas Eve. Let's wrap you up real pretty, shall we? And take you right down to headquarters. Give me your hands. You'll see it just as I saw it. You'll meet the people. You'll find the clues. And maybe you'll solve it quick. And maybe you won't. You think you will, eh? Okay. You're smart. But let me give you a tip. You've got to watch them. You've got to watch them all the time. Because things happen when you least expect them. No, oh, don't. Don't. I love you, Rivera. <laughs> Lady in the Lake. The most thrilling of all mysteries. And you play the starring role with Robert Montgomery, Audrey Totter. Drexel. Three, 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 nine, one. Lloyd Nolan. That was the trailer for Lady in the Lake, which I think amongst film noir fans is a fairly, um, what would you say, conflicted, um, I don't know, what's what's the right word? Some people like it, some people don't. What are you, uh, polarizing? Oh, it's like Marmite. I don't know what that is. Is that like chocolate? It's it's this weird thing in a tub. Basically, you absolutely love it or you absolutely detest it with a passion. Okay. That's yeah. kind of like out here in Nutella, right? Is, uh, uh, everybody I, I in the like UK loves it or love it. Nutella. 
Yeah, I don't. I think it's the weirdest shit in the world. It's like fake chocolate or something. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, it was like a weird craze here for a while. It's kind of settled down. But yeah, it's very like, like people's. Um, I would say respect for this movie is very polarizing. Some people hate it, some people like it, um, but I don't know. I personally really love this movie. Um, I think it's fun. I think it was interesting, and I think I I like it more. What was the other film that does the POV? Uh, was this not suddenly? Um, um, the, uh, the Humphrey Bogart one. Is it Dark Passage? Yeah, Dark Passage. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which there is a bit of a. Um, an argument about is which film came first, um, which we can talk about later. But before we get into all that, um, we're going to have Carly go into her in a nutshell synopsis for Lady in the Lake. Okay, I haven't got my glasses on, by the way. So if this doesn't make sense, that's why. Because you can't read. <laughs> yeah, because I just got just making up words. It's just it, it's hit and miss. And now it's time for Carly's super famous in a nutshell synopsis. A hard-boiled private detective tries his hand at a new career and still winds up being roped into a new case as we share the investigation from the viewpoint of the crankiest and potentially most boring Philip Marlowe ever to be hidden from the screen. Boo. Boo. Everybody Boo. at home is booing. Everybody at home's booing as well. Oh, Boring. God. Boring. Hidden from the skin. That was pretty creative. Yeah. But boring. Come on. I mean, it was. Once, oh, the, once the lady with her eyebrow disappeared, it, I waned. <laughs> <laughs> and then she came back with her eyebrow. So she's the only thing that kept me entertained. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it. Um, it's sad. No, I, I found it very, I just thought it moved so slow. That was my issue. I really, I actually really like the POV, which seems to be what people don't like. I actually thought that was really good and really creative and a really different way of doing it. It's just that it just made it move so slow. Yes. And I agree with that. And, you know, I think, and for those at home, obviously you've either seen this movie or you haven't. They, they, uh, um, what's his name? Montgomery, um, Mm -hmm. decided to try to do something creative with this film, which he heard about when they were trying to develop Dark Passage. Yeah. Um, and before Dark Passage got off the ground, I believe, he decided to sort of steal that idea and use it for this film. And this was the last film that he was doing for MGM under contract, right? So he was doing this sort of creative thing, wanted to go out with a bang. Um, I think this was his first directed film. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he had previously sort of stepped in for, uh, I want to say Houston or Ford or somebody previously. Um, and uh, he's re- he had obviously written some screenplays, like he co-wrote uh, Sunset Boulevard, things like that. Um, I think Blue Dahlia. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that they put a lot of trust in him as to where they, you know, the studio was fighting the POV sort of aspect. They eventually caved and 
you know, <clears throat> let it happen. And I guess they eventually caved on Dark Passage as well because that happened too. Yeah. Um, but I think I think initially Dark Passage was the first film to be developed to do it. But I think this movie was made first. Um, if I'm not incorrect. So this was 1946, wasn't it? 1946. And Dark Passage, so. 1947. No, no, no. Lady and Lake is 47. Oh. Yeah, well, Dark it was Passage. Released, it, it was released January 23rd, 47. When was, when was Dark Passage released? 47, I think. But when? We need a dramatic time. pause because I'm just, I'm Googling. Just, just do an elevator sound music. I'm done. Oh, keep going, keep going. I'm I mean, I think the listeners are, so. Oh, September 27th. September, wait. September 27th. Oh, two different. Okay. So it was released initially in New York City, September 5th, 1947. And then the rest of the United States, I guess, in a wider release, September 27th, 1947. So almost, almost like eight months or so apart. Um, nine months. So uh, Lady in the Lake ended up being released first. Who knows when it was shot and, you know, how that all happened. But. Anyway, two POV movies in the same year, and um, I'm guessing Dark Passage was the more successful one because they didn't do it through the entire film. Yes, yes, also, I was just going to say that. Yeah, also, um, they used it in a different sort of gimmicky way with his face being covered and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a little... I think that their gimmick worked better for... I think they had um, a reason, didn't they? They had a reason to shoot yeah, it that way. And then they switched exactly. when that reason didn't, you know, it couldn't carry on. Right. It made yeah. sense to switch to like yeah. to, to normal style. But um, with with the uh, Lady in the Lake, I, I... So I'm a huge fan of FMV video games. And if you don't know what that is, it's a full motion video video game. And those started becoming prominent in the nineties. And, uh, I just, I don't know, maybe it's cause I'm a filmmaker. Maybe it's, I just love movies. I don't know why, but I really took to them and I love them. I think they're super interesting and they're all pretty much POV perspective, you know, what taking place in real live video, you know, environments or cutscenes that are all fully film, like, you know, related and i think that's really maybe the reason why i really love um lady in the lake is because it really feels like one of those fmv video games um and i think that they done it they they did it very well in that respect you know mm -hmm. they they made a lot of uh creative um behind the scenes sort of techniques in order to make it happen like i, I read about the dp creating a camera dolly that uh moves in such a way that it makes it look like you're walking you know that's sort of like left right up down thing and it would also climb stairs and it had like a seat for montgomery to sit in god it's um, like a dalek in it that camera it's it's crazy like like they did some really innovative things and in like how they would swing the camera around past mirrors and you didn't see the camera or 
you know, there's just a lot of creative things that they did in there, but it's more of like a technical respect than I guess it is for the audience to mm -hmm. really give a shit about. And I think that's probably why it, it sort of fails in that way. But for me, it was, it was really cool and I really enjoyed it. As far as the POV goes, I think the thing that also FMV games suffer from is when Marlo is talking to another character, they sort of stand there with the deer in a headlights kind of look. Yes. Like, like it suffers from, from having um, coverage of a scene. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no cutaways. There's no, well, that's not true. There's, there's some, but you, that you can't, you can't get like a master shot and close ups and things like that. Cause it's all from the perspective of this lead character. So you're sitting there staring at like a character almost, I would argue emotionless at times. Yeah. You know, the secondary characters for a lot of the periods of times really don't play well. Well, it, it must've been incredibly hard to just talk at a camera. If, like this being the first time it was ever done. Can you imagine just being shoved in that position and kind of like be emotive to a camera? I mean... I guess it's the equivalent of like Marvel movies now where everybody's playing against a green screen and there's no things there, you know, um, that's the only thing I can really relate it to, but I would think that, you know, experienced actors would be able to figure it out or they would rehearse it or, you know, there, there'd be ways to sort of like realize that this needs to be adjusted kind of thing. Um, and now that, that's my own my one big pet peeve with it. And I think that's probably a directorial downfall than anything. Mm -hmm. And this being like his first big movie directing, I, I give him a little slack for that because that just will, would come with experience, you know, and even in the editing room, you'd have to kind of like understand like, okay, that's not exactly working. Maybe we should reshoot that. Yeah. But it didn't happen with everybody. Like there's some actresses like, um, you know, the, the main uh, lead actress, Audrey Totter, she, she was great. Um, like she's very expression filled, you know, mm -hmm. while, you know, while Marlo's talking and things like that, like she's got the expressions, but yeah, she's kind of, she's actually reacting to what he's saying. Whereas the others just kind of stand there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so some of those actors like really, like it didn't do them a good service, like to, to be in this particular film. Um, but Again, maybe that's sort of like that thing that I really like about it because that's a huge issue with FMV games is like when you're investigating, because most of them are detective like investigative type type games. When you're going to talk to somebody to find clues, they're sort of like just sitting there staring at you. And it, it reminds me so much of this movie or vice versa <laughs> uh, that it's just, I don't know, maybe it's, it's just a, a weird I don't know, something I'm used to, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I could have done with a little bit more of, you know, just glancing around the room or just even it going down to your hands to like roll a cigarette or something or just, just something so it wasn't just so stationary all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. I, like a natural person's kind of like looking around, like you would kind of, your eyes would be drawn to kind of clues and things in the room. Sure. Yeah. And I think there's some of that, but I think you're right. There could have been more. And I think some of that has to do with the technical aspects of making that work. Right. You know what I mean? Cause the camera, mm -hmm. it can't, those cameras back yeah, can't just swing. aren't small. Yeah. So you're not attaching it to like, you know, his head or something to where you can look down and it'll look right. It's like you, you have to really think out those sort of scenes. So it's, it's in there a few times, 
but not a lot. And I think you're right. If they had focused on trying to build those scenes with those sort of, you know, actions uh, a little more detailed that it probably would have kept it a little more interesting than just, you know, the d- deer in a headlight sort of supporting casts, um, lack of reactions and, you know, whatnot. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I have that sort of affinity for that style, um, because of the games I used to play or still do play, you know, uh, cause they're sort of having a resurgent recently with all the indie games. There's a lot of games coming out that are FMV. Um, and I think you would actually like them, Carly, because most of them are all like sort of like private eye detective noirish, you know, sort of feel. Well, I quite like watching Street play on his PlayStation when he plays those type, types of games. You know, when mm-hmm. there's a little story and it clicks into story mode. Did you ever have the X-Files game? You know, the four I, disc one that did, went across yeah. the PlayStation? I did. Yeah, that was uh, I didn't have it on PlayStation. I have it on the computer, but that's an F. That's a full motion yeah. video game. Yeah, because yeah. that's very much you that have the characters cool. staring at you. Yeah, and you know what's you. funny yeah. is I feel like the, I, the the actor that played the uh, the person in that game ended up being in an episode of Millennium, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. But yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So you know, I feel like I've totally forgot to explain this movie to people and what it is. So maybe we're talking about Lady in <laughs> the Lake, which is a 1947 American film noir that marked the directorial debut of Robert Montgomery, who also stars in the film. Sort of. <laughs> in a mirror. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Occasionally, sometimes. Or the weird cutaway in his office uh, scenes. Right? <laughs> Lincoln, you'll miss him. Right. Um, the picture also features Audrey Totter, Lloyd Nolan, Tom Tully, Leon Ames, and Jane Meadows. The murder mystery was an adaption of the 1943 Raymond Chandler novel, The Lady in the Lake. The film was Montgomery's last for Metro Goldwyn Mayer which is MGM after 18 years with the studio, which is a long haul. That's a long stretch uh, to be on oh, a contract. Yeah. And you know, um, Montgomery's ambition was to create a cinematic version of the first person narrative style of Chandler's Philip Marlowe novels with the exception of a couple of times when Montgomery in character addresses the audience directly. The entire film is shot from the viewpoint of the central character. The audience sees only what he does, which is, again, an interesting take. I, when you see it on paper, it's like, oh, this this sounds really cool. But I can also see how people might not like it or get bored by it, as Carly did, because she sucks. Um, MGM promoted the film with the claim that it was, I can't believe you just let that slide. <laughs> I'm biding my time. You totally let that slide there. But I'm biding my time. I I'm so mean. I'm so mean. All right. MGM promoted the film with the claim that it was the first of its kind and the most revolutionary style of the film. Oh, sorry. Most revolutionary style of film since the introduction of the talkies. That's a big claim. That's a big um, claim. Because, yeah. Uh, the movie was also unusual for having virtually no instrumental soundtrack, which is very noticeable. There's only like maybe one or two pieces. Yeah. That doesn't help though, does it? With like the no movement and people staring at you. That's true. It doesn't. I respected it though. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool that they did that because it does kind of make you, maybe for the time, maybe not so much now, but I felt like I, I was more interested in looking at whatever I could possibly see um, because I wasn't distracted by music. But again, I could see how that makes it semi-boring for people. Especially in today's ultra hyped up, yeah, everything's going yeah, on film yeah. world, yeah. 
Um, so the music in the film being instead provided by a wordless vocal track of chorus, <clears throat> which adds to the sort of Christmassy feel. <clears throat> in my opinion, anyways, you know, uh, this love and murder drink is getting in my throat here. <sighs> oh, I'm going to start talking like Morgan Freeman or something in a minute. Oh my God, that'll get us viewers. Crack on. <laughs> drink some more. <clears throat> Anybody okay. else having their throat burned by this drink? Nah, maybe it's just me. All right. The film did not use Raymond Chandler's own 195 page screenplay. So when they, when Montgomery originally wanted to make this film, uh, he approached Chandler to write the screenplay for it. And interestingly enough, this screenplay, I guess, became somewhat infamous for being very bad. Um, and maybe it's out there to get a hold of. I really want to be able to get a hold of it. My apologies. That's, I'm entering the Twilight Zone. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Um, interesting enough, like I said, it was, it was known for being a really bad script. So, uh, Montgomery decided to hire, um, somebody else to make the film that he had worked on previously, I guess, um, at a magazine, I believe, or something like that. Steve Fisher, um, was the writer that he hired and that ended up being a 125 page version. Um, and now in Steve Fisher's version of this script, he, he did a lot of different sort of things from the book, um, mainly took out all of the scenes that took place at the lake, which I found to be pretty weird and crazy. Like that was the one thing about I mean, being called lady in the lake and you never see yes. the body of water. You never see the crime scenes. That's what I was struggling with a little bit. And when I, cause I thought I'd lost interest. I was like, did I miss it? Right. I haven't seen a lake. Now to, 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 to make that kind of work or understand why that worked in my head, like, I, well, okay. So Marlo's never at the lake, right? Uh -huh. Like those scenes would have been cut away to somebody else, the police or whoever. And this movie is solely from Marlo's perspective. So I completely understood why they did that. But as a viewer, and I think being, you know, used to seeing those scenes cut away from the main character sort of thing. I can see how people will miss that. And I, I'm, you know, honestly, I miss that as well. Like I felt and like perhaps Raymond Chandler as well. Well, he definitely, yeah, he was very unhappy yeah. with this, this script. And, um, he also, uh, insisted, even though he was very unhappy, insisted on having his name, um, kept on the film until he saw the first cut of it oh, <laughs> and no. he requested his name to be removed. Yeah. <gasps> How embarrassing. <gasps> well, I mean, you know, that's, that's, I guess pretty common. Um, but yeah. So, uh, um, after, uh, this new version of the film was written, uh, Montgomery finally got it, you know, green lit. And two years later, uh, they shot the film. Um, originally the, uh, the book took place in midsummer instead of Christmas time, which is one of the other major changes, um, which I personally thought worked fairly well. Um, I did not have a problem with the, uh, season change. Um, and I think that made it a, a pretty cool Christmas film. You know, it's not overly, you know, shoved in your face. It's, there's a little bit of a, you know, Christmas music in 
you know, I think the opening credits or any credit, I can't really remember which it was, but um, then you have the chorus, you know, that fills Christmassy. You have the opening credit sequence with the cards that are on Christmas cards, that kind of thing. There's not a whole lot. The Christmas party in the middle of the movie, there's things like that. There's not a whole lot like in your face, like this is a Christmas movie, but the way that they did it with their subtlety, like I think worked pretty well and probably um, got people in the theater as it was released right after Christmas. So I thought that was a pretty good, you know, gimmick per se. Um, there is, I think to me, like knowing that, you know, Montgomery's involvement with like Sunset Boulevard, that kind of thing. And, um, Gloria Swanson and Sunset Boulevard, who's amazing. I think that Audrey Totter was cast because she has a sort of likeness to Gloria Swanson in that film. Like, like. She has these looks on her face. They're just kind of like, what are you talking about? And an amazing (laughs) eyebrow. Yes. She has the best eyebrow in the world. (laughs) So I, I, there's, you know, she's been in a a few other things um, of note, but um, I think this is probably my favorite that she's in. And she really does remind me of Gloria Swanson and Sunset Boulevard um, for those extreme facial expressions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that is the movie that we're talking about. That was super long winded. My apologies. And even though we already got into the movie, you guys <sighs> were treated to an explanation of what we were talking about, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you lucky dogs. <laughs> well, I, d- I could only tell you about Audrey's eyebrow because to be honest she was the only thing I was watching it for mm. because even though I have the movie yeah, but even though I get people who go oh she's over the top she, it's too much I think she was exactly what was needed to overcompensate for not having a leading man there quite frankly yes I, I agree with you especially I, I think it's less about not seeing the lead more about the people that are playing you know with her the other supporting cast it's like once you see her and then you see another supporting cast who doesn't even remotely come close to having any facial expressions, it <laughs> really stands out and like helps, it helps those scenes move along much, much easier. Um, so yeah, I think she was, she was, you know, it was, that was a great casting decision. Um, she worked pretty well in that. Yeah. Yeah. I did like some of the behind the scenes stuff though that he did, you know, like sniggering. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, I like those that. those kind of bits because it that made me snigger because he was sniggering. So I did, I did kind of. It was slightly immersive at certain points, and you did kind of find yourself sniggering along, or you know, when the fist was thrown, you kind of like winced a little bit. But it was just now not enough saying, for that. Are you saying snickering or sniggering? Sniggering. Sniggering. Snig. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard that word either. Snickering, I've heard like snicker. Well, what snicker? That that's a chocolate bar. <laughs> a snicker is a chocolate bar. What's snickering? That'd be like stealing Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the snicker thief. <laughs> that's funny. Watch Maybe out, hide your Snickers. Maybe that's snickering. My, um, snickering would be like educated. American education, uneducated American education. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know what sniggering is like? Well, yeah, I, I get, I get what it is. I, I, 
either I'm correct and you're incorrect, or it's a British versus American difference, or probably uh, I just completely thought the word was a different word. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, that's that's totally plausible. You guys know me. (laughs) I can't pronunciate my own name. Let's throw me a bit uh, now. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious, like, um, I should know this. This is something that I should know, but I don't. And I don't know why I don't know this, but I wonder how much ADR was done back in the day, if any at all, or if it was all on set audio. Oh, that's um, interesting. And I, yeah, I really feel like I should know this. And I don't think it's ever really, really popped into my head before, except for with this movie. Because I'm wondering if all of Montgomery's dialogue was recorded on set or if that's all added after and yeah because i'm thinking like this contraption that they use for the dolly probably causes noise there's probably set noise other things like that i'm i'm just curious like I, somebody out there knows let us know we want to we want to hear from you i'm curious um yes i know google exists i can just look it up whatever we want to hear from you Come yeah on. but we don't want my dodgy hold music again when you have to google that was amazing. And that's going to become a part of the show. I'm going to cut that out and I'm going to replace your bye-bye at the end with your I mean, no. Or maybe we'll just, I'll just loop that and use that for the intro credit sequence. Or or replace your in a nutshell. I feel like you're just replacing all of me with just da, 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 da. Yeah, I'll just be like, so how did you like that? Da, 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 da. And that, that would be the show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. See you next time. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay. Um, that would explain think- how people were struggling to react, though, if they would, if he wasn't even speaking to them while he was just filming them. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like as a director, he probably would have if, if they did ADR all of that. If they did re-record it, he probably still set his lines on set to a certain extent. And if he didn't, like, yeah, it would be a huge explanation as to why they're sort of like staring at the camera. Like, I don't know what's being said to me right now, but I know my next line. And okay, go. <laughs> yeah, angry face, eyebrow. <laughs> smile <laughs> that might have been what happened what's happening and but you know behind the scenes that might have been Montgomery like okay eyebrow give me another eyebrow give me a frown okay give me a bigger eyebrow the biggest eyebrow you've ever done <laughs> yeah did you find the plot convoluted at all a little bit a little bit okay yeah. I did I, think, I, I feel like that's because I wasn't like seeing it though like again, because I'm used to just like cutting here, there, and, there, and everywhere. And because that mm-hmm. wasn't happening, I was like having to overly focus on the face staring back at me, and then I was losing concentration. So then I was feeling like I was missing things. So now you're admitting that you'd be a terrible private eye. I'd be, sh- I'd be crap, man. Yeah, you had, you would have to be, and that's sad to me. I thought you'd be great, but now I don't think so. No. No. I think you'd be terrible because everything in this movie is shown from his perspective, and if he's able to do it. Shouldn't you be able to do it? I think my problem is as a private eye, I would literally be, when I was talking to them, if it wasn't an exciting case and no one had been murdered, I'd be like, oh, I'm bored now. I'm bored now. This is this is one for Jason. I'm so bored. When's the bar open? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what my mind would be thinking while they were talking at me. That's hilarious. We got we to gotta make yeah. a movie about the, the, the world's most boring PI. 
<laughs> it's got to happen. <laughs> All he does is take cases of missing puzzle pieces, like literal puzzle pieces. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. I'm disappointed now. I thought you'd be a good PI. I'm wrong. I'm so no, wrong. No, I, I would either be like, I'd, but if I got a case that I was interested in, I'd be obsessive. Uh, It'd be like six years later, I'd still be looking for like case the suspect. Been solved. It was solved like three yeah. days later, but she's yeah. still working on it, folks. And I'm like, no, I don't buy that. I've got six cents. It's this dude she over will, here. She will find the truth, even though the truth has been found. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be planting evidence left, right and center. Because I've got a hunch <laughs> that this person that I don't like in the shop did it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I feel like there a lot of people's complaint is that it was a little convoluted of a plot. And I didn't find that it was convoluted at all. I thought it was, you know, if you're paying attention, you got to just pay attention to names, I guess, mainly. Maybe that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, I, th- I still think maybe it would have helped to see those scenes uh, at the lake, maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm not really sure. You know, it's not something that can really be fixed at this point, but um, I, I didn't, I didn't really find it terribly convoluted like Chinatown, like Chinatown, I think is, is super convoluted and almost to the point where most of the movie doesn't necessarily matter. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong, but like the actual story doesn't relate to the actual story, if that makes sense. Um, as to where this one, it's just sort of like, you got to keep track, you know, get out your little PI notebook and start writing names down. Um, and then maybe you'll piece it together. But, uh, other than that, I thought that was, I, I I personally didn't, didn't think it was convoluted, but you know, you were paying attention. I I was paying attention because I like, yeah, it's interesting. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, and also, uh, we never do see the wife, right? No. We never see Crystal Kingsby. No. She's not in the movie at all. I don't even think, do they show a picture of her even? Um, I can't recall. Do you know what? I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they did. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I did learn that there is, um, she is, Crystal Kingsby has a credit in the end credits. And it's uh, supposedly she's paid, played by L.A. Mort. Now, what I learned was, is this is an inside joke, as the character is never seen in the movie. And I don't even think in a picture or anything like that. Um, But the name is a homonym of a French, like, phrase, L.A. Este Morte, meaning she is dead. Oh. I thought that was kind of cool. I think it was a cool little kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, nobody's ever going to, unless you either, you know are interested in looking that up, you know, nobody's ever really going to realize that, but I mean, you know, it's like a hundred years later, not really a hundred years, but you know, um, that I'm sure everybody on the earth knows this except for me. (laughs) I mean, that could possibly be the coolest thing about the film. Shut up. Shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Stop your sniggering. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I've got to go nick some Snickers. (laughs) I'll be back. Um, <laughs> I disagree with you. Okay. I just want that to be said to the world. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you're like, yeah, so what? 
But uh, yeah, I thought that was a cool little Easter egg. That's 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 the, their equivalent of like a, a post credit uh, scene from a Marvel movie. <laughs> so, so there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> that that took a little bit of creative uh, juices to to add that in there, and you know, wonder if people see or not. I wonder who was the first person to realize that. Who knows? Could be you. Yeah, could could be. I doubt it, <laughs> since <laughs> I found that on the internet. <laughs> Unless you put it there, All right? And it's actually a lie. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I wanted to tell you about Audrey Totter. I really liked her in this movie. Eyebrows. Um, <laughs> her last role, she lived to be 95 years old, which was really cool. Because I was looking, I was like, ah, oh, maybe we could hire her. No, we can't. I mean, no. She's no longer with us. We don't have um, a Ouija board, so. Right. But her last role was actually in Murder, She Wrote in 1987. Oh. Yeah. And it was actually a really good episode, too. I remember this one. She plays a nun. Uh, it was called Old Habits Die Hard. Get it? Habits, nuns. Ha, ha, ha. Um, anyway, nice. uh, 1987 and uh, Murder, She Wrote. So, yeah, there we go. Um, that was her swan song. What's your favorite line from this movie? I got one. What's yours? No, you go first. Damn it. You don't okay. have one. You didn't even think of it, did you? No, I don't because I was trying really hard to focus on eyebrows. Damn you. Well, it's from an eyebrow scene. Nope. Oh. Yep. If you don't raise your eyebrow when you say it, I'll be mad. I always raise my eyebrows. Um, he says, Merry Christmas. And she goes, what? Raises an eyebrow. <laughs> I said, Merry Christmas. And I'm glad to have met you and have a good cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because you're expecting him to say something mean to her, but he actually is falling for her, right? <laughs> Just like she's like, get out of here! I hate you. And he's like, Merry Christmas! What? <laughs> I said Merry Christmas, and I'm glad to have met you and have a good cry. <laughs> have a good cry. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. <clears throat> I can just imagine her eyebrow just stealing that moment. Yeah. And, and it, I had a I, my first one was the line right before that where he she says something like, "Do you?" fall in love with all the women uh, you have cases with or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And he's like, and his reply is like, if they have a skirt or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that one cracked me up too. So, uh, but this one I thought was really good because it was like unexpected. <laughs> I'm really enjoying your, um, your film, The War Voice as well. My portrayal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm terrible. I'm terrible with that. Um <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's my line. Carly doesn't have a line, even though she came up with that little game where she was going to find I the know. best line in a movie. And this one, she just fell flat. I feel like she let down Montgomery. She let down the lady in the lake. She let me down and folks at home. She let you down because I mean, when was the last time you came up with a line since I introduced coming up with a that, line? That is not the point. OK, that is not that is just you don't turn this around. That's just like a woman just turning it around and making it somebody else's problem. And yes, I'm yours. <laughs> completely misogynistic, successful right now, but it's happening. And you came up with it and you didn't even come up with a line. When was the last time? I don't think I ever have. <laughs> I mean, if you'd like, I can That's quote one of internet movie database, which I've just found that I quite yeah. like. Huh? It doesn't have the, the same charm, but go ahead. 
You might as well. Okay. So you're not okay. left left alone here. Okay. How'd you get back from the lake so soon? Philip Marlowe. Fast dog team. Fast dog team? Fast dog team. Oh, back there. You ruined the lines. Fast, this is why I don't do fast. it. <laughs> I can't help it if I can't understand your British. <laughs> fast sniggism? dog team. Woof, woof. Fast, fast dog team, like a sled team? Yeah, I think so. Like a sled, like that's not, are you, that's the best you can do. Fast yeah. dog, I think I remember that. That's when, where did, where was that happening at? I mean, you didn't yeah. even like get it. So you've ruined yeah, it anyway. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's just not very good. Just like you're feeling about the movie, unfortunately. Yeah. That's okay. How, how about another one? Philip Marlowe. Okay. I like your yeah. tan. That's very Christmassy. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was a good one. Yeah, that, was <laughs> that dude was terrible to you. <laughs> he reminds me of the equivalent of Ben Affleck in movies. Like he's just sitting there with this stupid little grin on his face, just talking. He's like, hey, let me punch you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you look shit. Fuck off. <laughs> I, yeah. I, that guy was terrible. I was, I was kind of happy he got shot up, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like Billy Bob Thornton in Bad Santa. Yeah, but he was yeah. pretty good. I don't know. You don't like Bad Santa, huh? I did, but I mean, Billy Bob Thornton as Bad Santa was pretty, uh, pretty slicing. Well, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense, though, right? Yeah. Like he was, yeah, playing a drunk. I, I think uh, he's more yeah. aggressive than Ben Affleck in real life, though. If I'm honest, maybe I don't know. I, I, you know, when I look at the the show Goliath, have you watched that? No. He's pretty good in that. Um, that's a pretty good show. I, I picture him being that guy. Like even that guy in um, The Man Who Wasn't There. Mm-hmm. Is that the name of that movie? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Disliked. Yeah. Like yeah. I picture that being him like that. To me, that's that's sort of the I feel like Goliath is that same guy um, as in that movie. And I just kind of see Billy Bob Thornton as that, which also would make sense as to how he played Bad Santa as well. <laughs> Yeah. But so I don't know. But uh, I don't know how we got on Thornton. Blah. Anyway. Sorry. I think I All sidetracked right. us. Yeah. That's your fault. Yep. We like blaming things on Carly. Yep. It's the, it's, it's the Carly blame game. Standard. All right. So, yeah. Here we go. So uh, we're going to uh, rate this movie. Um, What do we do? We do. We do 10. Gin ten bottles. Gins, right? Gin yeah. bottles. Gin, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, ugh, Jen, bleh, not my. Calm thing. down. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do, I do. Uh, I, I was gonna say read these noir novels, but I don't read them. I listen to them because I suck. Um, they. <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> Travis McGee. Have you heard of Travis McGee novels? Uh, no. They're they're really great. I love them. They're very they're very noir. I can't tell what time period they take place, but they sort of feel like they take place in like the fifties or sixties. Um, but also sometimes kind of feel like they might be kind of modern, but they're not. It's it's kind of strange. They don't really ever really say that I know. Um, but he drinks, his favorite drink is gin and it's a particular brand called Boodles, which is the silliest fucking name in the world. Um, <laughs> but I never noticed that until we went to Thanksgiving dinner at my wife's uh, dad's house and uh, a friend of his was over and brought out some bottles of gin. And 
uh, Shawnee had tried uh, a gin drink and I was like, I'm a hard pass because I fucking hate the shit. Um, thanks a lot, Carly. It's your fault. Welcome. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, Always a pleasure. He, start, he starts talking about his favorite brand of gin or whatever, his boodles. And then the <gasps> next day I'm listening to one of my Travis McGee books and uh, you know, I, I never clicked with me before because I didn't know what the hell Boodles was, but that's the type of gin that he drinks in the books. So, oh my gosh, like it was meant to be. I guess so. Yeah, it's like the universe was converging. That's what Evan yeah. uh, O'Hare talks about a lot: is the you know universe sort of converging and things are happening as they're meant to be, and everything's related. And yes. All this does. new agey nonsense, I think, Evan. I think you need to. I think you need to drink <laughs> the gin. Basically, is is what you're saying, and I concur. But that's not going to happen because it makes me want to vomit. Yeah, but then that's the terrible. universe is going to be mad at you, and bad things are going to happen. So don't do maybe, that. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm not a famous, you know, uh, movie maker or uh, have a lot of money because I don't drink Boodles Gin or something. I don't know. I, I feel like it's just a small change in our situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it's you start drinking gin, headed, yeah. Yeah, if you start drinking gin, then, mm-hmm. you know, that could be the way forward. Could be, or to alcoholism, one or the other. Yeah, I mean, jump on my <laughs> ship. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm just going to say I'm pretty close yeah. to being there. <laughs> you know, I can get through like, I, I, man, I, I, you know, I, I, I drink a lot of bourbon, uh, bourbon and Cokes, or I, in my case, it's a sugar-free Coke or, you know, something. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the sugar-free train because of my tooth. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I can, I can plow through like five or six of those and not even feel it. And when that happens, I'm like, okay, I need to like stop for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Cause it's <laughs> like, I had a lot of these and like, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you know, you stand up and you're like, Whoa, shit, better sit back down. Go out to not go outside because as soon as you go outside, you lose that fucking feeling. Right. <laughs> it's the most embarrassing thing in the world being like, yep, just had six, no drama, go outside. Can't stand up. Somebody help me. <laughs> right. Can't get back through the door. How, how did it's I get like out the, here? Yeah. It's like the only thing that it affects you is your equilibrium. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is like normal. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, yeah. Okay. So we're at that time. We're going to rate this movie. And I think Carly needs to go first so she can disappoint everybody further. Rate this movie. Tell us why and rate this movie. I'm going to give it a five. <clears throat> you always made me spit my drink out. <laughs> I thought I heard a squeak of some kind. I have to make sure that I do not drink anything when you're about to rate something. <clears throat> a f- a f- what? Don't. Don't choke and blame me. Have you been fired recently? You're fired. We need a new host. <laughs> we need a new host. I heard Troy's so, going to volunteer, so. Daryl, are you free? Daryl? No, don't skip host. to Daryl. We're, we're going to skip to Daryl. I nominate my, I nominate my chair we to have, Troy. We have He Troy. will give everything a two. Yeah, exactly. He'll give everything a negative two. Daryl, yep. there's a position open. If you're out there listening, there's a position open. Carly's been fired. It's over. Moving on. Two, five. What'd you get? A five? Oh my God. Five. My gosh. Okay. Why? Hey, I could have been meaner. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, because could I have found been meaner? it. Yeah. I lost interest pretty early on. Oh. I shit. stuck with it. Mm-hmm. But 
then I started Googling Bewitched and I watched a little <laughs> bit of that at the same time. <laughs> I'm just going to mute, mute this and hello, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was trying to look for facial like recognition between the two. Um, <laughs> now, the, the only reason I give it a five is because of like the, the behind the scenes stuff, like you said, and the work that went into doing it. The actual finished project made me watch Bewitched. You're watching Bewitched. That's not a good reason. Keep going. Tell us no, why. No, it's because I obviously was researching it because I'd lost interest in the plot that much that I was researching it. And then obviously realized, oh, the lady from Bewitched is the daughter of the chap who's hidden and being monotone. And that's that's where that went. She's Montgomery's daughter. Yes. I had no idea. Oh yeah, she is. This is what oh, I discovered wow. instead of finding out who killed the lady in the lake. Um, well, I mean that's a good discovery, though. I mean that, yeah. that sort of salvaged your nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you know that's. Okay. It wasn't. I didn't just think, oh, ping bewitched. There was there was a little bit of attraction there. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. So Robert Montgomery. His daughter is what's her name? Elizabeth Montgomery. Did you say? Did you say Montgomery? Montgomery. I can't say it. Okay. Well, you know that's that's again. So so maybe you're you got your snickering word wrong. Then I don't trust you any longer. There's there's a, there's I mean, a lack why of did British, you ever, British trust here going on. Why did you ever to begin with? I mean, you fool. <laughs> I don't know. We look at British people as being of a higher stature, I guess. Oh, because you think we all know the Queen because of Downton Abbey books. (laughs) Right? Don't you? (laughs) No, dude, no. (laughs) I've told you this many, many times. I tell everybody this. All right. Do you know what? I'm I'm going to start saying yes. I think when Carly's in the Downton Abbey, you know, know, scenario, really she's in the train spotting scenario. (laughs) I guess I just got... Yeah, okay. <laughs> you could not be more accurate. <laughs> Who's this? My f- oh, this is my friend Gemma. Yeah, she's just got read down the toilet. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that creepy scene with the baby on the wall. Oh, no. No, no. Yeah. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> Moving on. Okay, so so Bewitched and Montgomery. Okay, interesting. Didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um... All right, so it was slow. Didn't like the plot. It was boring. Didn't get to see the lead. Okay. Oh yeah, all I, I did. I did appreciate everything that he tried to do, though, and push boundaries and mm-hmm. the whole behind the scenes. I just I feel like because he'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it. Unfortunately, I feel for me, just didn't have the pace to be in the yeah. slightest bit really interested if i'm honest which is a shame yeah yeah it is a shame that you can't be honest and tell us that you loved it and also i mean who really cares about your opinion i mean they're not listening to this for your opinion i mean what? exactly they just want to buy the dartboard <laughs> with my face on <laughs> fyi if you make some exactly. of them i know five people i work with that would snap your arm off <laughs> one of them bad boys <laughs> It's the only reason why people tune in is to hear my opinion, not yours. <laughs> to hear you say things wrong. <laughs> right. Shut up. Wait, what? <laughs> fired again. Fired twice in the same episode. I think that's happened before, actually. I don't know. I feel okay. like you, anyway. you you could do this film. You could be behind a camera just yelling at people who don't move. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're so, showing too much emotion. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Tape your eyebrows up right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I'm going to give this movie an eight because I just really like it. A soft spot for it, I guess. Maybe it's shit. Aww. I don't know. But I really like it. I enjoy it. I think this movie is fun. I, I like I like almost every movie with Marlo. Like not yeah. necessarily, you know, Montgomery, but any, you know, Philip Marlowe. You're very fond of that show. character. Yeah, I really am. Yeah, I really am. Even though they're all different. The one that I hate is that one that was made in the 70s. Um, I can't stand that movie. I think it's awful. It doesn't, doesn't, I, a lot of people love it too. But um, I think it's been, it was remade with, um, I can't even think of the guy's name right now. Uh, but you know who he is. And I think it was remade with, uh, anyways, can't think of his name either. <laughs> I can't think of of who originally did it. Some dude did something I didn't like. I can't think of the name of the movie either. (laughs) I think it's got three remakes. One of them might be Bogart. I can't remember. Anyway, um, the 70s one is the only one I really didn't care for. Um, But uh, other than that, I I really like all the Marlowe stuff. And this one's no exception. I really liked it. I thought the Christmas themes were good. I thought, um, you know, the technical craft that went into it, I thought was pretty cool. I do agree that the technicality of it did slow down the action in a non-needed way. I feel like it, it, it did hurt the film with the dolly. I mean, it was really cool that it looks like he's walking, but it looks like he's walking way too slow. <laughs> yeah, a bit so. like Grand Theft Auto when you want to kind of get to the end. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I never played that, but um, yeah, it just it just felt too slow. Like that was the only thing. And then the people's deer in the headlights sort of thing, which again didn't necessarily bother me because I'm used to that kind of stuff with the FMV games. And I think anybody who's played those kind of knows what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I think it's fun. I think it's cool. I thought the story was pretty fun, interesting. I like the interaction between uh, the two leads and. Uh, you know, it was just, it was just a fun movie. And I even didn't mind the tacked on scenes with Marlowe in his office explaining the story. Like that didn't, that didn't really bother me either. Um, no, I didn't mind that either, to be fair. I didn't think it detracted from it in any way. Yeah, no. And that wasn't originally planned. That was something I guess MGM wanted because they were worried about not seeing Montgomery. Like he's the star. Everybody knows who he is and you don't see him through the whole film basically. Yeah, so it's very risky. They, can can you imagine if in Dark Passage we'd have never seen Humphrey Bogart? Yeah, so risky. yeah, no, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I get it, but you know, I guess it's just me. I have a, I've got a soft spot for it. So whatever, don't care. Ain't gens. It's not a perfect movie, but it's highly rewatchable for me. So there you have it, guys. Tell us how much you hate this movie, because I know most of you are going to be on the Carly's camp. Um, that's okay. That's okay. We'll still accept you here at Speakeasy. Uh, well, I won't because I'm fired, but never mind. Yeah, well, I'll start a new one. I'll, I'll never, start a new one. We never fire you for too long. Because no one else wants to take the mantle. <laughs> Daryl, Daryl, are you listening? Hey. Daryl. <laughs> Listen, Daryl's joining my new podcast. <laughs> Speak All rubbish. Right. That's what it's called. Speak, speak rubbish. Speak rubbish about Jason. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the anti-J podcast. <laughs> yep. Pretty uh, much. Well, that, that's respectable. I get it. I understand yeah. that. 
All right, guys, there you have it. That's uh, that's Lady in the Lake. And uh, I personally hope you enjoyed it. Carly, I know, hopes you fell asleep. And um, we hope you enjoy your love and murder, as we all do. Um, and until uh, next, um, well, I guess say until next episode, um, because we're like I said, we're going to do a little special episode dump for you guys where you're going to get three awesome episodes uh, throughout the little holiday season here. Um, we're going to release one on Christmas Eve, uh, on Christmas Day, and then on New Year's Eve. Is awesome a strong word? Uh, is what? Is awesome too strong of a word? Also? Also is a Awesome! Uh, Olsen, like the Olsen twins? Oh my God, what What's is happening? wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Awesome! <laughs> also Awesome! What? You said awesome. Is awesome a little bit too strong of a word for our podcast is, episodes? Is also what? Too strong awesome. A W E S O M E. Awesome. 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 You yes. Oh my God. You have a problem with hearing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Is awesome too yeah. strong of a word for our podcast? Yeah. Epic. Yeah. Might be Epic. too strong of a word. <laughs> yeah. Amazing How about fair to middling? <laughs> Good might be too strong of a word. Yeah. Some <laughs> no, okay kidding. episodes, some content. <laughs> We're going to bring you some, some pretty okay episodes, yeah. as the kids these days say, um, <laughs> leading up to the new year. So stick with us and I hope you enjoy them. And maybe they'll be also, as Carly would say. Um, and I uh, said until- awesome. You didn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody heard. <laughs> Everybody heard also. Dabble heard. Also is also a good word. Is also. That's all I heard. Okay. Made no sense your your accent is bad. It's great. Okay. It's bad. <laughs> you are never going to be a Downton Abbey I, <laughs> servant. Never. No. Never. Never. No. I'd quit that job so fast. <laughs> you wouldn't you stick around for the drama i know you (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (laughs) um all right yeah so uh yeah it's our our episodes will be awesome awesome (sighs) awesome and uh, they'll be there with us and yeah and and listen and listen along with our nonsense and we will uh this is this is the christmas eve's episode so you're listening to it now and then tomorrow we're going to release another one and then, uh, Chris, uh, not Chris, we already said Christmas Eve, didn't I? On New Year's okay. Eve, we're going to release our final episode of the year. So stick around. We hope you guys enjoy it. All right. Talk soon. Until next time. Bye-bye. He's looking at you, kid. Thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noircast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up and The Dark Side of Acting Up Volume 2, now available on Amazon. Or you can check out one of our films, also available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy Noir cast. Da, 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 da.